Hey, it's Tony Story here. I <laughs> uh, want to welcome everybody to the podcast, Car Sales 101. Uh, before we get started, I just want to let y'all know, uh, if you get great content from this uh, podcast, please give me a five-star review. Uh, refer a friend if you'd like to. Uh, other than that, um, this is going to be my first podcast. I'm going to have somebody on the uh, podcast with me. Uh, his name's Adam Ricard. Uh, is that, I'm, I pronounced it right, correct? Yeah, you're good. All right, man. Hey, so what I want to do, uh, you reached out to me, uh, asked me a few questions a while back on Instagram. Like I tell everybody, reach out to me. I'll answer any questions. Uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Um, well, <clears throat> I've, been, uh, I've been doing the car sales game for since uh, December. Before that, man, I was uh, managing a gym. Sorry, I'm like walking through my parking lot. Oh, that's okay. Right. <laughs> I was managing a gym for about uh, two years, managing a CrossFit gym. That's been like kind of my background, like gym sales and um, some other stuff like that. And then uh, I've done a little bit of everything. Before that, man, I was a cop for two years. Before being a cop, I was a field service tech. Before being a field service tech, I was in the Navy for five years. Man, appreciate the service. I was in the Army for five years. So uh, how old are you? Uh, I actually just turned 30 a couple weeks ago. Okay, so you're still young. <laughs> yeah, still, um, that's why I'm still making mistakes and still uh, still figuring out what I want to be when I grow up, you know? Yeah, so um, where are you located? What dealership are you at? Um, I work at Safford Auto in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. Um, it's uh, Safford's a, it's an auto group. It's, you know, they've got like several, several dealerships, several different you know, brands and everything. Um, but I work at a Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler um fiat dealership okay fiat parts the funny one to mention because i'm pretty sure like uh, i've never seen anyone come here to buy a fiat but <laughs> i'm sure it happens yeah um so i guess my, my question to you is is um you know you got in the car business what was the main reason you got into the car business is it because you saw the opportunity or is it because your back was pretty much up against the wall and it was the it was the last thing you had the, that it was the last thing you had to do what, what made you get into the car business yeah, you actually kind of hit it on the head in the second part there. Like, yeah, my, my back was against the wall, man. I, I was in a, uh, I was in a tough place. Um, I had some things going on in my personal life that weren't um, so great. The last job fell through um, in not a good way. And um, I was just looking for anything, anything that I could possibly do. And uh, I had a buddy who was a former client of mine at my last job. And he just made the recommendation to like, you know, hey, man, I'm working over here at the dealership. I think you would be really good at sales. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm interested in, <laughs> you know, whatever you have available. And, um, yeah. yeah, pretty much went like that. Okay. So what did you do while you were in the Navy? Um, when I was in the Navy, I was, um, I, my rating was AS, which is uh, Aviation Support Equipment Technician. Um, and I kind of just got offered, I only got offered one job when I went through METS and all that stuff back in the day. Um, and, you know, military was pretty kind of locked up back in, I joined in 2010 or when I left okay. boot camp. Um, so I was, a, I was a mechanic, man. I was a grease monkey, actually, for the first for the five years I was in. Okay. So, and you know this as well as I do. I think the military does a decent job, but I don't think they do a great job of transitioning you from the, you know, military sector to the civilian sector of it. Because, I mean, I, I know they help me kind of get some of the jobs, but they don't really teach how to transition uh, as well as I think they should, you know, because it's it's a totally different mentality being in the, mil in the military than going to the civilian side. Um, so, but other than that, what do you think? I mean, do you, do you share the same kind of insight? 
Yeah, when, when we were, um, so I mean, at the time that I separated in uh, February 2010, um, they were still doing uh, what they called it TAPS back then, which was like transition assistance program something. Um, yeah. And when I did it, I mean, it was what, like a three-day class or something like that? <laughs> and it's just, I mean, think about it. You know, you spend, you know, anywhere, depending on your branch, anywhere from two to three months completely being indoctrinated and acclimate and acclimated to a, you know, complete new way of life. And then they give you two or three days. Um, here's everything you know about being normal. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. That's the thing. That was, a, it was one of the crazy things too, because I was over in Korea when I trans transitioned out of the military. So I transitioned from Korea back to the United States. Uh, I mean, I had a couple uh, interviews lined up and one of them worked out for me but you know it was just one of those things like you know i didn't know it, it was different because you're so used to being structured and then when you got into the civilian sector i mean there's a little bit of structure but you know you're used to people you know doing what they're told to do without having to question everything right uh, and and, I, and that's why i think you know some good sales car sales people you know our military background because i think you know I always tell one of my, my salespeople, right, whenever they sit there and I tell them to go do something and they start arguing with me, I'm like, look, you know, at the end of the day, if I had if 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 I didn't have your best interest interest in mind, I wouldn't tell you I wouldn't tell you to say this or do that. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and send you out there on a failure. I'm going to send you out there to be successful. And I think, uh, you know, having that military background. You know, we know that if our sergeant or, or our captain, whatever officer, they tell us what to do, we're always told to do or told to do as long as it's not un, not unethical or, or immoral and it didn't go against, you know, what you believed. So other than that, you know, I think that well, that's what makes uh, usually uh, soldiers a good, uh, 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 good, good at car sales. So um, other than that, you went from there and then when you got it, you went straight to being a police officer or what? Um, I did I did some field service work for a while, which was pretty similar to the same thing I was doing in the military. I did that for about a um, little less than a year um, and got into the cop work kind of just on a whim. Like I, I wasn't happy with the maintenance job and just a buddy of mine was a cop and was like, hey, man, we're shorthanded and we can get you through the hiring process in like a month. And I said, OK, so <laughs> literally overnight, like, I wasn't I'm not going to lie and say I had like the calling and all that stuff that just yeah. Like, it was just there. It was something to do, and I had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, you, you did that, and you went to be a police officer, correct? Yep. Yeah, so what? That was the, yeah, that was the uh, – yeah, I was a cop for about two years, and then from there um, kind of stayed in security field for a little – security field for a little bit, but it was very short-lived, and, and then got into the gym. I had been doing um, CrossFit for almost – Five years at the time, okay. I've been coach, coaching CrossFit, like running CrossFit classes as kind of like a part-time hobby yeah. and selling memberships and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and, and I basically took over the management position at a gym here in Fredericksburg. And I did that for almost two years where I was, I mean, I was a GM. I did all, you know, I handled finances. I handled uh, sales. I handled staff training. I handled running classes. Like, I mean, just about every aspect of running a business. Um, but mostly, mostly the sales aspect was probably the biggest thing next to teaching classes. Okay. So what happened? Why did you leave that? I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I don't, what was you, what were you making? And if you don't mind me asking, what were you making as a GM or in the gym? So it's, it's funny. Cause like people, people don't know CrossFit is expensive, but it doesn't make a lot of money. Um, yeah. yeah. And so when I started it, um, I actually, I, 
I quit a job where I was making almost $80,000 a year in the security sector to go work for a friend um, that ran, that actually ran the gym. I had been working for it part-time, but I quit to go full-time. Yeah. And I was only making $1,500 a month on a 1099 uh, employee, as a 1099 employee uh, when I started. Okay. Um, through we came up with a plan that, you know, through X amount of sales memberships, you know, there would be like this amount of commission, that, that, yada, yada, yada. Um, towards the end up around that two year mark, I was making pretty close to about $4,000, um, a year just in through the work or sorry, $4,000 a month after the work I kind of put in to grow the business and grow yeah. everything, create revenue streams. Um, and you know, doing personal training on top of that, it was probably like another 1500, um, Long story short, just like, I mean, I got, I got fired due to, um, I guess it's, it's kind of not worth getting into, um, but it just wasn't, things weren't working right at anymore. Like it wasn't yeah. a great deal anymore. I think like, you know, when you're working for a friend and, you know, and then you both start to get to a point where you're like having this, you know, this clashing and it, it just wasn't a good fit anymore. Okay. So what happened? Did the bottom fall out? Were you unemployed for a couple months? Why did you get in the car sales? So I was probably unemployed for maybe at max about three weeks. Um, okay. I started sending out applications everywhere. The worst part was this was towards the end of November. Um, so going into the holiday season, and you know, which isn't really big hiring time for anyone. Um, <laughs> right. So I was strapped, man. Like, you know, and I was looking for employment. I'm looking everywhere. And like I said, that's when my homeboy just, you know, kind of reached out and, and I applied right away. I got brought in for an interview, what, like the next morning by um, the GSM at the time. And uh, it was funny because, like, I didn't have a suit ready. I didn't have any of that stuff. And he's like, dude, I don't care if you come in here in jeans and, and T-shirt, man. He's like, hey. he's like, it ain't that type of business. Just come in here. And I said, OK. Um, I came in. We talked for about 15 minutes without even really talking about the job. And he's like, look, man, you've got the gift of gab. You can talk you can get into this kind of thing. I think I'm confident you could do it. Just give it 90 days, you know, give me 90 days of your time. And, and I, and I think we can, we can, you know, you can get something out of this. So what was your like? And I mean, I don't know. My first impression of the car business was just like, uh, it was different. Now what, it wasn't what I expected. Um, you know, I, I walked in, um, I thought, you know, you'd have just a whole set of leads coming to you. I thought customers would be walking in the door, uh, 24 seven, you know, I, I didn't, I, I thought it was just going to be an easier and a smoother transaction. I didn't think you'd have to negotiate the way you did. Like, what was your first initial, like, thought when you got into the car business? Like, what did you think? Um, I was, I was pretty scared. Like, yeah. um, because, you know, for, I was fortunate. We had a, a pay plan that was established for, like, the rookies where right. you get, like, a, you get a very small salary, and then once you sell a certain number of cars, you start making, like, X per car, um, which is a number that would go up depending on how many more cars you sell. So I, at first, I was, a, I was a little scared, but probably not as scared as I would have been if I came in straight commission, not okay. knowing, not having a clue about anything. Um, and I shadowed a couple salesmen at first, and, and I got even more intimidated because I'm like, dude, how do these people know so much about the, the cars <laughs> and like i'm like how did how did that guy like you know when somebody would say like you know oh well you know I, I, i'd like to see that number come down by like a thousand or something like that and i'm watching the salesman sit there and be like look man and and you know spin this information and be like look you know the, this is where it's at like if, watching salesmen hold their ground and yeah. then watching them close a the deal and i'm like how did what 
Like, <laughs> right. you know, so it was very confusing or just very intimidating to me. And um, my first deal was like maybe three or four days after I started. That's and awesome. um, and I was fortunate because she was what they, you know, they call a, a lay down, you know, like yeah. she was like, I, I could have brought a hundred thousand dollars on the out the door to her and she would have signed <laughs> but but it was really easy and that built my confidence back up because i was like man you really don't need to know that much you don't have to know that much about the cars you know you, these people know what they want yada 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 and i and i knew that i was bringing bad karma on myself my next customer i spent 14 hours with over two days <laughs> and 12 different vehicles <laughs> man <laughs> So that's crazy. So yeah. I guess my, I guess my question is, is what made you, okay, first of all, how did you, because I, I, I legitimately started this podcast probably about a, almost a year and a half ago. How did you stumble upon my podcast? What made you like, I, I, I that's that to me, I've always wondered how people found my podcast because I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I don't advertise or anything like that, but how'd you find it? So, um, I, it's kind of a, it's kind of a longer answer. Um, Remember I said how, you know, my manager told me to give it 90 days, right? Yeah. I, I was, you know, business is going to pick up in 90 days. You know, it, it, was, it was December when I started. March is like that time, I guess, in the car business where things start picking up. So I was getting excited, right? And, and I knew that, you know, I didn't have to be that good. I'm like, eventually I'll just learn from volume. Um, and what ended up happening was what happened 90 days after December, you know, the coronavirus. Yes. Um, I, I got, I went from having like 10 customers in February to, or 10, 10 deals in February to having one in March. Right. And then I got laid off, um, in, in April and, um, I spent April at home. Literally, I got laid off the day after my baby was born. It's really, really great time. Um, but I spent that time at home and I was thinking, I'm like, I was applying to so many jobs and nothing would come up. I, my unemployment was taking forever to go through. It kept getting denied, denied, denied. And I had this kind of feeling. I'm like, look, man, I, I know that they're going to take me back at the dealership. And I heard that their business was doing good. So I called up and I said, hey, can I come back on the regular commission pay plan? Just like everybody else. Right. And because um, they cut they cut everybody that was on like a salary. Yes. So when I can't, they said, yeah, sure. You come back on the first um, and, you know, just be ready to go. So I knew right there, I'm like, I can't play any games and be comfortable anymore. Like I gotta, I gotta learn what I'm, what to do and how to, how to make money in this business. So I started doing what I did when I was a CrossFit trainer, man, which was just like, look out, seek more information. Like there's, there's free info everywhere for almost anything you could possibly want. And, um, right. I, I, you know, I'm a big podcaster, you know, we spend a lot of time walking a lot not talking to anybody i'm like you even, you even say in your podcast like you know take that time don't don't just sit there and listen to music or watch youtube like listen to stuff about the business and learn right. so i literally just looked up car sales and you know your, your i think your name the name for your podcast is perfect because it's it's gonna pop up really easy with that uh, so car that was the first one that popped up and i just i found uh you had the first series i listened to was like your five episodes i think you did this the five steps to uh to, to you know starting and closing yeah. the deal and just since then, I've been like, you know, I haven't listened to everything, but I kind of been, you know, uh, uh, pick around, find something that suits something I definitely need to learn. And, I, and I've learned. A cool, ton. cool. No, I appreciate that. So my, I guess that my thing is, I, I heard you sit there and say that you had the beginner pay plan, right? Um, I, I'm not right. a huge fan of that. Uh, the reason why is I think it cripples your salespeople. Do you believe that now that, that you were on that? Or do you believe that? Because, I mean, I... To me, I haven't been, I haven't sold cars and, you know, I, I haven't been a car salesman 
an aspect, you know, that's my, my career. I've been a manager for like four or five years. And I've always wanted to ask that question because I don't, I don't, at your dealership, I don't think you'll ever hear the right answer. But do you think that kind of crippled you or do you think that kind of helped you? If you had to like do it all over again, what would you do? I think, I think if I had to do it all over again, and it was, it was good for me because I was in a, I was in a financial yeah. tough spot where I needed okay. income to come in. Like I needed something guaranteed. Um, so it's not that I would have, I think, taken the other pay taken the regular pay plan. If given the opportunity again, I simply would have maybe changed my okay. focus um, to be a little bit more proactive. Um, and, and I probably would have came off that paper okay. sooner. I would say that much. Um, and that's just because like through my experience of, you know, I've been in management positions right. before, like I said, you know, at the gym, I've also been a salaried employee versus being an hourly employee and facts are facts, man. Like a salaried employee is not going to work as hard as an I hourly agree. employee will. And, and same thing as like, you know, strip the salary away and just make a straight commission like that. That dude knows that at the end of the month, if he took out a $1,500 draw <laughs> and he hasn't sold a single car, they're taking $1,500 right. back. Like, you know, you, you got to work. So that, that, that fire under your butt really makes you, you know, put your nose to the ground and work. So, so I, I think it can, I think it can kind of gimp, it can gimp people, but it very much depends on um, that person's attitude and maybe your management recognizing who needs I get it. So is once again, managers, if you're listening to that, take that into, take that into consideration. Uh, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we get as managers, we get so jaded by what we think uh, the, what it, the way it used to be. Like, for example, you know, I, I think, you know, I tell myself the story, whether it's true or not. My first month, I sold eight cars. My second month, I sold 10. You know, I think my first month, I made like twenty two hundred dollars. Um, my third month or my second month, I made like uh, probably about the same, if not a little bit more. And, you know, that's that's hard to live on by anybody's means. Uh, but then after a while, you know, um, what's your what's your how many what's your best month? Or what's your best gross that you put up that you put in your pocket? So this past this past month was um, May, which was yeah my first month back. Like I said, I came I came back and kind of hit the ground running me and I I was desking deals left and right. I'm like, you know, I, I'm trying to have that trial yeah. by fire, learn as much as possible. I sold 16 and a half cars this month which was number two at nice. my showroom. Um, and, uh, you know, when, I think when, the, so we, we were on a, a different pay plan during the kind of coronavirus time. So I didn't come back on the regular pay plan, but we were doing one that was more of a, uh, you, you made flats right. per car um, plus a, plus a smaller salary. Um, and what I, what, it, what they ended up doing though, was, you know, you could look at the pay plans at the end of the month, you know, and figure out which one yeah. would be better. Um, because if you're on the flats, you're not getting spiffs and you're not getting the bonuses right. like that. Um, so when it, when it boiled down to it, I looked at my numbers today, actually, and officially, officially, I made uh, before my draw, uh, I made about 6300 if I was on a straight commission. And then with my with the salary plan that they have, I'm actually just over 6400 So I was about the same. But if I were to be on the old commission plan, then they would have uh, taken the 1500 right. back. So... So, you know, I, I pretty comparable months, but you know, five, it would have been about five grand if okay. I was on the old plan and on the plan I'm on now about 64, which is, I mean, or sorry, five, yeah, 6,400, you know, that's, that's the most money I've ever made in, <laughs> in, in any, any right. job ever. And to be, you know, to be fair, when I look back at the numbers, um, you know, we probably, we, we took a, we took some losers, um, 
you know, as right. everyone does. And I definitely know where I could have worked harder to afford right. some gross. Um, but I mean, I had a couple deals that were, you know, my my gross coming back to me was nearly Jeez. three grand. You know, um, and you know, obviously that tells you how many of the other ones based on those numbers. But but um, but I, I I'm learning, and I, and I think that this was a great month to come in because I actually didn't even know that I was on the four the, the little flat plan right. that we had. I, I thought I was on the old, <laughs> so I came in hustling, man. I sold five and a half cars in my first weekend of May, and the next every other salesman at the at the same time of I me mean, at the end of the weekend was at one car, so it was kind of a good. That's motivation. good. So that's what I was going to tell you. So like basically, you know, um, I think over time, I think you get jaded by how much you used to make and how much you used to not make. So like for example, you know, my third month I sold I think twenty six cars. I made almost like twelve or fifteen grand, and, and I haven't looked back since. I've, I've made six figures since then. And, uh, and I think what happens is us as managers and, and, and you've been in the car business, once you've been in the car business for a while, we get jaded by what we think the pay plan needs to be or what it, what it needs to be. So I really appreciate your insight on that one. Hey, before we go any further, I'm going to do one, a little quick, uh, commercial break and then we'll be right back. So give me one minute guys. All right. So we're back. Hey, so guys, um, I'm on, on, I'm on a, a podcast with Adam. And so what I kind of wanted to go over now is because you kind of heard his little backstory and stuff like that. Um, what what do you think if you had to kind of uh, draw a picture for people or people that are listening to the podcast? What have been your success and what have you been for fa- your failures? What have you taken from those failures and you know what would you do uh, a little bit different with some of the successes you've had or or kind of just give me give me give me just a slew of what you got. I think. Um... I think some of my biggest failures, and we're talking like strictly related yeah. to business, right? Well, even not even the yeah. business. Yeah, I, I'm, I could, well, yeah, I could go on. Business. I mean, because you got to look at this. I mean, for example, you you're, uh, you have you have a little girl, right? You just said, or a little kid. So, you yep. know. Yeah. Two, right. Two so if, if, if I look at it from that aspect, success and failures, me, the failures that I had whenever I was in the car business, uh, and as a personal thing, is like I didn't take enough time off. Uh, after my kids were born. And, and that's, that's, you know, something I don't live with regret from it because, you know, obviously I'm able to provide them with a lifestyle much different than, you know, what I was born with. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have something that, you know, in the failures in my life, you know, I, I think that, you know, I wish I would have gotten to, for instance, there's a lot of times I, I should have just cut the, cut the cord. And I think I should have just went commission based and, and try to do sales from the very beginning because, you know, I think we get scared because um, we don't know we don't know what we don't know. So there's like unknowns out there that you have no clue about. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go over some some failures that you had. I mean, if you don't want to get too yeah. too detail, but I mean, in the car business too, you know, I think some of the failures that I had, you know, is that um, uh, one of the great successes that I had whenever I was in the car business is I actually had a mentor and I had somebody that was able I was able to shadow just like you talk about. And I literally shadowed that guy for nearly two months. And that was one of the huge success that, sex, successes that I had um, when I got into the car business. So like you, what do you think some of the big successes that you've had and some of the failures that you've had that you've had to learn from? Um, I'd say uh, this, I've, I've kind of learned, <laughs> it's funny, I've learned this one at almost every single job I have had and I've learned it in, in a different way, man. Um, in there's the most important thing I think that I did this month that was that helped to let, lead to my success that I didn't do it any other month was I only yeah. worried about me. 
when I was at the dealership. Um, it is, you, you, you've done podcasts talking about like the negativity and how easy it is to get caught up and, and spread and talk and, and, and focus on the bad things. Like I, I had past managers and past positions, you know, jobs that would tell me like, you know, you do a lot better at this. If you just worry about yourself, stop worrying about what other yeah. people were doing. And in the car business, it seems prevalent. Like, I mean, we have a board, you know, that shows, you know, who's leading sales and stuff like that. And there's some people who like, that seems to be exclusively what their focus is. And we start, you get wrapped up into like, you know, well, dang, I just need another couple cars and I'll be in front of this guy. And it's like, how about instead of worrying about getting another couple cars and being in front of that guy, you're worried about, you know, cracking somebody wide open on one good deal. And, you know, instead of just trying to chase those numbers, I feel like people are more, you're more inclined to just like take even a loser or take something small. Like, Put the effort into what you have in front of you. Worry about you because the money that other people are making have nothing to do with okay. the money you're making. And and that's it's just focusing on other people and other salesmen and letting that like rivalry start to get up. I feel like that's a bit of a I just feel like that's a really bad thing that that messes up your attitude and has no in no way, shape, or form affects yeah, your success. And that's what I agree with. Like, you know, I, I think so for instance at the so if everybody wants to know I, I left legacy ford on monday i got a new opportunity to go work at another dealership dog at ford um but at the end of the day there's a lot of reasons why i did leave there um and the thing is is like it's like you said you can focus on what other salespeople are doing and that's good and bad but the one thing i've noticed when i was at legacy some of the management would focus that rivalry and put each other and pit each other against each other and it really almost made it an unhealthy rivalry. And I think one of the good things is you need to have a healthy rivalry, but I think you need to be able to push each other to the top too. You know, I, for instance, whenever those, they would be in the rivalry, they would go out there and they would get negative in their head and, you know, try to sit there and tell them that they couldn't close the deal or whatnot. Some people that pushes people, some people that doesn't push people, but I think that's almost uh, unhealthy in a way because it creates to me a bad culture because if somebody's doing great, be happy right. for them. Don't be angry with them or anything like that. Don't be like, you know, I wish, I wish the worst upon them. But you know, it's it's a th- it's a thing that you know I think we have in the car business from the old way it used to be was that you know um, dog eat dog world. And from my experience, and I hope you see this, is I think I don't know what level you want to be at. I don't know if you want to stay a salesman for the rest of your life because there's very successful salespeople. Or do you want to be a manager one day? And if I see one of my salespeople, you know, dogging every salesperson possible, that's not going to be a good manager to me. And, you know, eventually you're going to work yourself out of, you know, being able to work with anybody at the dealership. Um, but anyways, what's, what's your ultimate goal? What do you want to be in, in the car business? What do you see yourself? Man, I, um, I, I, I don't see <laughs> – I've always been good at sales, but I, it's not – my favorite thing in the world um i like dealing with people i don't like trying to i really don't like trying to sell people it's just (laughs) something i'm but but i am good at it and and i'm gonna do that while i can um i think that um this business is a great opportunity for me to um make a ton of money and and pay off mistakes from past from my past like you know i can get rid of so much debt so fast and um and and Kind of that I, I, for me, I just look at that as that's an opportunity for me to set my life and my family and things for my daughter up a, a, as a good a, right. in the best way possible in the future. Um, and long term, I don't, you know, 
it's hard to say because it's like, uh, you know, if, if another opportunity presented itself that made comparable money with, you know, or maybe not comparable money, but even less, but just still had the benefits. Because I don't, I don't know of anyone in the car business that really has the benefits <laughs> that you would find anywhere else. But um, I, I, all I know is my, my wife right. is a paramedic. Um, so she's gone for several 24 hour right. shifts a month. And um, with the schedule of the car business, I have a hard time telling myself that I can do it for, right. forever, knowing that my wife is yep. going to be doing that. And not because of us not being able to see each other, but for my, right. for my daughter uh, more than anything else. And, I, you know, they always say, like, I've heard people tell me, you know, your kid, your kid, when they're older, they're not going to care how much money you made. They're yep. going to care that you were there. Um, and, and I just think because of my wife's, because of my wife's job, like, I, and, and how much she loved right. it. That's been her dream. Like, this wasn't my dream. Like, it would be rude of me to, to try to make her sacrifice right. her job um, when this wasn't my dream. So, so I know that when, this, when, when the time comes, if I have to make the sacrifice and choose a different profession or get into something different, then I will. But as of right now, you know, fortunately, she's just she's a baby <laughs> and doesn't know me that way and won't see a whole lot. So um, I'm going to do this as long as I can until yeah. uh, unless something then, better pops up. You know, it's where I'm at right now, and I believe in doing – at working at every job you do, you should work at it like you're right. And I, I mentioned this in a previous podcast. You know, I don't think the sales, being a car salesperson, uh, is what everybody wants to do for the rest of their life. You know, I think it's a good stepping stone because, man, I can't remember the guy's name. He has a TV show, but he he used to work for AutoNation uh, a long time ago, and he talks about you know I think everybody should get into car sales if you want to do any kind of sales experience because it teaches you so so much and teaches you how to be so resourceful. And that's the one thing I tell people, you know, if you're in this for two years, just let me know because uh, I, I don't mind having a salesperson with me for two years uh, and then they want to go off and do something different. And, you know, a lot of people, like you said, you save up that money, you pay off that debt. And then if you want to go start your own business or if you want to go do something else, uh, I applaud that. So, no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty. Um, so other than that, uh, I guess, did you, I mean, I want to kind of go into like a Q&A. Did you have any questions for me or anything like that? Uh, no, no, I, I'm honestly, man, like I, I kind of get a lot, I, I get a lot out of, out of your stuff, dude. And, uh, I think I sent you, I sent you like a question, uh, the other day, like maybe a week ago or, or something. And you were actually doing a podcast off someone else's question that pretty much hit all the, the same answers. <laughs> um, and that was like, you know, doing like internet sales for the most part. Yeah. Um, Nah, man. I I don't I, I didn't come prepared with anything, so maybe that's me being uh <laughs> coming forward. <laughs> no, you're good, man. No, no, you're good. I mean, you know, the one thing is, like, uh, it, the, uh, Adam, how, was it hard to reach out to me? No, not at all, dude. Like, I, I think I, I hit you up on Instagram. You put it out on every on every you know episode. I reached out, asked a question. I think you got back to me like the next day. Like it was, you know, no worries. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And then all honestly, I give you my cell phone, like. And I want everybody to know I'm not hard to reach out to. I'm a normal guy just like everybody else, man. I put my I put my pants on, you know, one leg at a time. I do everything just like everybody else. And I think my ultimate goal is, you know, for every salesperson is is to want to be successful because, you know, uh, I think if you don't share your knowledge, then you're not doing anything. I think you're you're kind of just hoarding all that stuff and you're not being helpful to anybody out there. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I really appreciate you. Um, you know, uh, it, it, I appreciate you for taking the time to do this. I know you're at work and I know that you're busy. I appreciate your, you know, authenticity of, you know, saying that, you know, you might not do this forever. Uh, because I think there's some people that are in the car business 
that, you know, for instance, they stay in the car business because just out of sheer need or that they, that they feel like, you know, they're going to let somebody down and they, and they might want to go do something else. And that's the thing. You know, I think, you know, we, we tend to do this to ourselves over time. And, uh, you know, that's just one of those things that, you know, you, you, you're being upfront and honest, like, Hey, I don't know if I'm gonna do this forever. My wife has a passion and a dream and, you know, and to ask her to sacrifice that, you know, that might not be what's best for y'all's family and y'all's marriage and stuff like that. And I think sometimes, you know, us in the car business, we're so ego driven and stuff like that, that we stay we kind of do what's best for us and, you know, uh, we don't do what's best for everybody else around us. Uh, I guess, I guess my question to you is, um, one last question or a couple questions here. Um, whenever you, whenever you made a gross on a car deal, um, was it kind of shocking? Were you kind of questioning it? Like what, what did you, what, what went through your mind? Was it like an adrenaline rush? Was it like, what did you think? Dude, I had one, um, for example, <laughs> this was, this was last week. Um, guy comes or guy comes in, he, you know, gives me, he's waving a pre-approved check around, you know, and it's like, this is where I need to be. And I'm oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, and we get him right on, we hit him right on the head, right where he wants to be. And I didn't really think much of it until, I mean, you know how this business is. I had, I had three salesmen that worked at one of the other buildings come up to me and be like, Hey man, I heard you crack somebody open over here. And I'm like, uh, did I, <laughs> I didn't even look at the numbers. Like I just worked the deal and just tried to hold as much as possible. And then I went and talked to, you know, I found out and it was huge. I mean, it was a huge front for me. And, um, it just kind of reaffirmed, like, I, you know, it's like I said, we, we were making flats, but we could also keep our gross if it was a you know good deal, if it worked out that way. And yeah. I, I, before that deal, I had looked at my numbers for the month and I was like, man, if we weren't on this good play, this juicy pay plan, I'd be hurting right now, you know, right. or I'd be, I'd be getting kind of nervous. But then right after that one deal, like it, boom, it just flipped it all around. Like if I were to take my gross right now, I'd only be like a thousand or so bucks lower than, than what I made on these flats, you know, just from that right. really that one deal that saved it all. And it just kind of like, it, it, it definitely was a, just like that adrenaline rush of being like, man, what if I can get like three of those? just like three of those in a month you know it's it's really exciting man it's really it's fun when you when you especially when you get somebody on a first pencil like it's fun man it's definitely definitely enjoyable um i guess another question i have is you know what do you if you could speak to your managers or anything like that you know because you know one of them's gonna listen to this so (laughs) i've got three people at my at my dealership listening so because like I said, we as managers, we get jaded with stuff because it's been so long and the car, car business has changed, you know, just in the last two years alone in itself. I mean, through the whole COVID thing and the, and the, and the Corona thing, you know, we've had to learn how to be more uh, uh, transparent on the website and, and stuff like that. But like what if you were talking to your manager, like what would you say to them that, you know, if you got into the car business that you would have seen that they'd done something a little bit different? Like, what, what would that be? Kind of, I'm, I'm a little confused on the question, actually. So try to... Okay, so like, with that so, like, so like us as managers, whenever we bring somebody into car business, we kind of just put them off to the pasture and we hope that they learn it on their own, right? Right. And, and I don't know if that's how it was at your dealership. I don't know if you had like a set training program or if, you, if they kind of just put you in front of a computer with the manufacturer. But if you had to like go back and do it all 
and you know the manager that originally hired you do what would you for us for me for my 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 uh my knowledge if you had to ha- if they had if, if you had to start all over what do you think a good thing for a manager would be to do um when you're first getting into the car business that that you don't think was either handled right or that that was missing or you know that could be an added benefit to helping your career get started a little bit faster or something like that what do you think that would be i think you know maybe it's cuz the, the the business is so busy at times but there's also mm-hmm. a lot of downtime I, I i really like to see that a i'd like to see a little more hand holding in the beginning um, okay and I say that just because it, it, it's, it's overwhelming. Like, you know, it, I was, I was pretty overwhelmed when I'm looking at like, they're like, Hey, just so you know, we're at, I'm, you're at the Jeep showroom. You could sell these, you know, these, these, uh, six different cars here, but yeah. you can also sell the other eight that are over there across the street and you need to know <laughs> this and that, and you got to get certified in it all. And they'll go sit and take these. And it's just, it's a bit overwhelming. Um, right. And I know that you don't want to have a you don't want to have a salesman hold someone's hand because of you know he's got money to go make you know he's got things to do, um, right? I I think maybe if there was like so when I was managing him at the gym I I developed an internship program for my staff which was like a basically it was like five steps of just things that you need to learn and do to become successful and it wasn't right. all it wasn't all done at once it was like hey day one I want you to focus on this day two I want right. you to focus on that. And okay. I, I wish that I had somebody that was maybe telling me like that, like, um, you know, some, some of the things I picked up from you was I perfect, I, I think I really perfected my needs assessment. Um, right. because with an effective needs assessment, you can, I mean, I wouldn't have had that 14 hour customer that I mentioned earlier where we looked at 12 <laughs> different cars, you know? we would have, that would have been a whole lot quicker. So I think maybe like, you know, there's like a day where we're like, Hey, we're going to just simulate some needs assessments. Right. Um, and then another big thing I took from you was uh, form, the acronym. Um, right. I, I use that religiously now, like just so, giving someone, hey, the next day, I, I'm, I want you to focus on making conversations with people, everybody, like even even other salesmen, just while we're bored, down. And I want you to focus on form with them, you know, okay. Figure, and, yeah. and just practice because it's it's all it is, is just practicing communication, you know, right. And um, I, I think that that would be nice to do because that that okay. wouldn't it wouldn't require a whole lot of time on the staff. And you could just have like in the you know in the morning, hey, here's your assignment for the day. Focus on this. And the end of the day, hey, what'd you learn today? Yeah. I, so my other question is uh, because as managers, uh, you know, what do you think about daily training? Do you think that's a necessity? Do you think uh, do you think it needs to you know? To me, I think you need to be. I think you need to refresh on some things. But also, I think that, you know, I think you need to hit on some new things, too. I mean, how long do you think that training should be? What do you think is more beneficial? Like, if, if you had to sit there and say, hey, look, I'd, I'd like to do training, but this is how often I'd like to do it. And this is what I'd like to go over. What do you think on that one? I, I think that every single I don't think that there's any reason that we shouldn't be able to do at least 10 minutes of something. Okay. Today. And I think that That's you can fair. get a lot done in that 10 minutes. Um, we, we used to do, um, and still do every now and then, every now and then, but like, I mean, just as simple as picking a vehicle on the lot and it's like, Hey, we're going to go do walk arounds on yep. that vehicle. Um, or, Hey, you know, just random, we're going to do like some spot questions like, Hey, uh, you know, Adam, what's, uh, what is a, uh, Wrangler sport S what, what's, what's the base package with that? What are the base right. things that are just little things like that? Um, yep. 
so you get exposed, you know? Oh, wow. I don't know that. Yeah. Well, how about you go figure all that stuff out, come back to me and let me know, you know, That's something cool. like that. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, cause I mean, sometimes we think that 30 minute training, but I mean, I, I hate to say dude, this. I get, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, dude, short and sweet, man. Like, yeah. like just get, get it. The time is money in this business and you don't have time to, to spend 30 minutes boring people's eyes out. 10 minutes or so is really all you need short and sweet to the point. And I believe that could be done every day and still you can maintain some sort of interest. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that would be great. Cause we all know us in the car business, we have short attention spans. So, Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, last thing. What do you like some more of newer used? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I like the money off used better. Um, but I, I really do enjoy actually like doing new because people come to look at something at a specific uh, model or most of the yeah. time. And, and because that's my Jeep's my brand, I know I know just about everything about them now. And and I like and I can I have, my walkthroughs are very thorough. So I have fun with those. I, I don't you know, my walkthroughs are slack on a on a used car because it's like, hey, I'm, I want to look at I want to look at this Honda, whatever that I don't know anything about. And I'm like, hey, it's got this. And I guess it's got that. And that. And uh, here's your key. Here's a key. Go for a test drive because I don't want you to ask me any questions about it. Go by yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I get yeah. that. I'd, I'd say I enjoy selling new more, even though typically I, I tend to make more money on used. Unused. Yeah. Not legitimately. That's that's why I just because, you know, sometimes I think uh, when you hire when I hire salespeople, uh, I always ask them, do you want to sell new or do you want to sell used? And, uh, you know, and some people are just, they like selling used because they like the simple fact is, um, you know, they can make more high, they can make higher gross off of it. But other than that, man, I appreciate you for taking your time. Um, you know, if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out again. Uh, thanks for even being my first guest on the podcast. No um, um, other than that, guys, if y'all gotten information out of this that, that y'all like, please make sure you share this. Give me a five-star review. Um, you know, it's like I said previously, this could be the hardest five figure business or the easiest six figure business. So just think about that. And then, you know, the last thing is we all win when we all win. And it's just like Adam said, you know, he shares this with other people, um, at his dealership. And, uh, other than that, I, I'd like, like, like anybody to jump on a podcast with me because, um, I think, you know, when you grab, we all have different areas of where we're at in the city and the States. And uh, we all have different demographics that we have to deal with. And if you're able to take that knowledge and share it with somebody else, uh, it's invaluable. I mean, it's, it's priceless. So uh, other than that, Adam, I do appreciate you for taking the time. And um, uh, I'll get this up in the – I'll get this on the um, air probably hopefully in the next hour or so. And uh, thanks again, man. Uh, appreciate you. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Peace.